being a Bravo four in Alaska because when you're on field problems, people are sleeping in tents and the snipers get to sleep in the cold weather sleeping bags under a fucking tree, um, under a poncho and get cold weather injuries. <laughs> like it's gotta, yeah. they gotta keep you guys tough. You exactly. Know? That's what, that's all you get what soft it was. sleeping in a tent. You get soft. <laughs> exactly. Like it, it, yeah. So many, like, I don't know how many times I've had chill blame, but it definitely fucked me up. Cause I get really, really cold now. I just start getting it super easy, you know? So it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever that, that happened to me. Like even by the time I got into ranger school, Cause I went in January and I came out of that fucking zip line dive dude. And I was like, I'm fucked because you, you came right out and you grab your shit and you just go run. I think it was like three miles back or whatever, two miles back. And it was just like, I was like fucked up. I was like, it's only 50 degrees right now, but I was yeah. already had stuff, you know, from before and after my first deployment yeah. from training there, you know? Um, but which wasn't much better cause I don't know what was worse that or being in a fucking ghillie suit in like July and August. And it's true. It's a, it's a trade. I think I'd rather, I don't know. I'm a cold weather guy. Yeah. I say that, but I like, there's, there's nobody who's comfortable with like extreme cold conditions. Like, yeah, like mountain phase, like Dahlonega, Georgia in the middle of dead fucking winter on top of those peaks. Like, I don't think anyone's like, Oh, you know, this isn't bad. (laughs) That like that weather's cold for fucking everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had like seven, it must've been like an extra, extra cold night, but we had like seven people we had evacuated off the top. I forget the name of the mountain. It's like, it's where it's like named after a bird or something like equal Ridge or something like that. Okay. We had to fly seven people out for hypothermia that night. It was insane. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, so I, I am going to introduce you. This is yeah. a new thing. So oh, we, yeah. we weren't introducing our guests. Cause we're rude. We were just rolling into it. Like we just did. But then I noticed with a couple guests, they they like look at over at us like, well, fuck me, I guess. You're not well, gonna you, you better introduce me because no one knows so who I am. So I will. So, <laughs> so our guest uh, is Neil Curry. Curry, I just blanked. Yeah, see, nobody knows who I am. No, even nobody he, knows. He, who I am. he offered you coffee. <laughs> Goddamn it, he doesn't doesn't own one of like the coolest gun stores I've ever seen. But no, so he's the owner of uh, Ready Gunner in Orem, Utah, and we traveled over here today to sit down and talk with him. So. Appreciate you guys making the trip. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us come come here. It was easy for me. I just <laughs> sat here. You guys had to drive. <laughs> yeah, we we uh when we started this, it started with like just our friends, stuff I got in my garage, and then we built like this little studio, and then we started kind of getting some people we didn't know in person to come on. Well, plus we started off with having we know people. It, yeah, like yeah. our friends are actually cool people. Yeah, we I mean, we, we do have some like really interesting friends, yeah. which was a was good for us in the beginning. And then, like Kevin from the military world, a lot of a lot of veterans with really cool stories, stuff like that. But then we we I think Kevin was the one that had the idea. He's like, God, we should do some like traveling ones. Go go actually meet some of these people in person. So we were trying to set that up, and so you're our first like kind of long trip. Oh, awesome! So, Glad to be the first. You're yeah. first. Yeah. I can't remember your last name when I'm introducing you, but I came all the yeah. way here for you. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was tell Curry like the Spice. I could have been one of the Spice Girls. You could have, could have. No, and what your your Instagram is just Neil. So, it is just Neil. Yeah, which, just N E A L. The, the cool way. Yeah, the, not the N E I L. Not the N E I. Yeah, fucking nerds. But yeah, so I paid a kid. I paid a kid like 250 bucks for it for for the name on there. You know, this is this is like. I thought about it. Do you remember when websites first came out? Like mm-hmm. everybody was wanting their own unique domain name. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. people were buying domain names and then selling them back to the companies who really belonged to for, you know, ridiculous amounts of money. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's going to be Instagram. And this is like very pre-Facebook-ish before, you know, obviously, Facebook bought Instagram. Yeah. And Instagram, it was cool, but it wasn't like what it is now. So I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get all these unique names. I'm like, I wonder if someone has my name, Neil. So I just went and searched it. And it was this artistic dude who like posted all these photos of all this art he's made. And he was actually really good. I'm like, there's no way this guy's going to sell me his page because he's actually got a decent page. And so I'm like, but hey, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? So I sent him a message. I'm like, hey, would you be willing to sell your Instagram page? I'm like, not your page. Like, you can keep your page. I just want your name. And he's like, uh, I don't know. What, what are you offering? So I'm like, I'll give you 250 bucks. The guy lost his mind. He's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? You're going to pay me 250 bucks yeah. for an Instagram page? Yeah. And then at that point, I'm like, oh, shit, did I offer too much money? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, now I'm, I'm like, like, am I the dumb one? Yeah. I, I imagine that's probably more common now. Oh, right. I've had people offer me 10,000 bucks for it now. Yeah. What? Yeah, because I know and, uh, my name on there. 
it's Jake Calhoun one because Jake Calhoun's taken, and it's it's once again some young kid. I never did message him. I should yeah. be like, give you ten bucks. Give me my name. See, yeah, mine's just Kevin Sommer. You got to yeah. you got to offer it in V bucks. That's the <laughs> new like I'll give you five hundred V bucks. Yeah, I'll give you from a, the Fortnite if, if they're like under the age of fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, it's the thing too. I was trying to like <clears throat> keep mine somewhat mature. So, but obviously my name was taken. So I was like, okay, it's just Kevin Sommer, and that wasn't taken. But my original idea was just to go with Doctor Cutthroat because it's super immature and well, that's my personality. I was like, gonna say, isn't that your name on like? Oh, when what, you used to play video games. Yeah, when I was in the barracks, like 2008 <laughs> or nine, 2008, I was in the barracks playing Call of Duty, and my name was Doctor Cutthroat, and I was like the first one. Like, oh, my name on there is Doctor Cutthroat, not like any numbers after it. And it's still on there. Like, yeah. I'm the original Doctor Cutthroat. <laughs> but I was like, okay, I'm, little, I'm like in my 30s now. I got to be mature. I can't just go around fucking throwing stupid ass names around like that. I don't know. I'd keep it. <laughs> yeah, my my at least yours, yours was cool. It's you know, like you get killed and it says dr cutthroat killed you it's like yeah. pretty badass yeah. mine was sandstorm like <laughs> pretty basic and lame and it was like oh sandstorm killed me i guess it is a little more insulting but i was in iraq same thing in a hooch playing call of duty we all had our little system link going on yeah. in the middle of a sandstorm so we're all just kind of bunkered in and i'm like oh i'll just go with sandstorm yeah yeah it was pretty lame like i actually got the idea because we were watching that shitty ass show when we were in iraq in 2008 uh the unit Oh yeah, and it was like the Snake Doctor, and I was like, "That's kind of cool." Like they had cool <laughs> names, but it was such a fucking ridiculous show. They're all better than mine because they're like they're CAD guys and they're running around in like plain Jane ACUs and like Kevlar's. They're all crooked and shit. Like it was kind of cheesy. Yes. Oh man, like that stuff bothers me. It's oh, just there was, there was a scene. This is the one scene I remember from the unit. It was entertaining. Yeah. So I watched it. It was yeah. it was fun. It was entertaining. I like the actors in it. There was one scene where this guy was pinned down inside of a building behind a desk and there was sniper fire coming through the window and he would do like, like literally, you know, talking out loud. I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. And then the sniper would shoot like I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. You know that saying yeah. you say the military, <laughs> uh-huh. but he was actually saying it and then I'm up, he sees me and then I'm down and then the yeah. sniper shoots and misses him because yeah. he's down. Right. It's like, yeah. that's the, the, the rhythm of the shot, I guess. But right. anyways, it was kind of. Yeah, Kevin has ruined military movies and stuff for me because I was never in the military, so I'm like, I'm gonna like, re- like the yeah. fucking Hurt Locker. Okay. I like that movie. I've never been in the military. <laughs> I'm gonna repeat. I'll probably just bring this up every podcast now because might as well since he has so many vets on. Because the one scene that kills me about that movie the most, I already know what you're gonna talk about. Yep, I know because it just it hits home for me. Um, where he le- is it? Where he leaves the fob? Oh, that to, to no. go on his own little. Hey, I'm just gonna go down to the local yeah. Kmart. I'm just, I'm just gonna go do whatever I want to do. You want to prance around? You fucking yeah, just idiot! Put my hoodie on. Yeah, no, it's the scene where this car, a potential VBID, goes through a. I can't remember his army marine checkpoint. Like, and I keep on explaining, people go into military with problems already. They already want to kill people before they've joined. No one's gonna. Everyone wants an excuse to take a 50 cal and rock a dude's car up with it because it just flies by the checkpoint and it's some EOD dick. Just raises his pistol and he fucking stops. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That checkpoint would have lit that fucker up real quick. You know, like that's so unrealistic. They don't I don't think I don't think directors and producers understand how mentally twisted we are sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but if you would have got stopped at the checkpoint, then you couldn't have had that dramatic scene that's true. with the pistol yeah. guy, you yeah. know, who just yeah. And then yeah. people like me need to be entertained when I'm watching it. You're right. I mean the thing got <laughs> the thing got in awards, I guess, so Well no, like I just tried to watch that new I was telling Kevin about this, that new Michael B. Jordan movie, it's on Hulu? No, it's on Amazon. Oh, No Remorse. Yeah. I watched it the other night. It's actually pretty good. Which I got like about half hour, 45 minutes in. I was like, I don't know. I turned off. I was just telling him, like, I might go back and give it a chance. Because what got me is when that scene where he lights the car on fire at the airport. That was kind of cheesy. And then when he gets (laughs) out. It's like, well, the the best thing is he lights it on fire. They can't get out, but he can somehow get in. Like, it's. So it was that. (laughs) Like, they put the childproof locks on (laughs) for the. the, And then uh, when he he does get out. A military, like that's gonna stop them from no yeah. taking you in. It would have been worse if they were MPs because he says they're military. And they would have fucked his ass up. <laughs> but so, so I, there, there's actually a guy, Buck Doyle. Do you know who he is? He actually mm-hmm. is down southern Utah. So he did a lot of the training with Mike, the Michael Jordan. Oh, really? Actor, and that guy, that guy's awesome. Dude, he got fucking jacked for that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I made it to. He has that fight in the prison cell with all the guards. That's as far as I made it, and it was getting late. Like, eh. Oh, see, that, that's where it gets good. So I'm, exactly I really that to, is when it starts. I need good. to go back and try it again. Okay. Like the airport scene, I was like, okay, have you this seen is it? Stupid. No, I haven't yet. Not yet. It's pretty good. The tactics are, are pretty good. Buck Doyle knows what he's doing, and uh, it, it was entertaining. I actually like Michael Jordan, the actor, a lot. He's mm-hmm. in a lot of good movies. Mm-hmm. He's like a pretty, 
pretty salt of the earth kind of guy. So yeah, he was in Black Panther, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was the, the bad, the bad one. guy. I forget yeah. his name, but yeah. there was, there was, I was reading this thing where all the, um, Marvel com- comic nerds think that, uh, I forget his name, but the actor who played Black Panther who died mm. of cancer, uh, unfortunately. Chadwick. Yeah. yeah. Chadwick. Yeah. yeah. Super cool me. guy. Um, they're like Michael Jordan should, they should somehow have some kind of play in the movie where he takes a place of the Black Panther. Oh, but I thought he would have been a good Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I heard they're bringing back Blade. Speaking of like black superheroes, they're going to bring back. They're going to redo Blade. Wesley Snipes, but they're not going to do it with Wesley Snipes, mm. which he was the best. But I heard they're Marvel's doing another Blade. Really? Uh, which when I was a kid and like the first Blade came out, I didn't even know that was a Marvel thing. See, Marvel, mm. Marvel. I, I'm going to watch it because Marvel's movies. I mean, politics aside, right? I've actually, they've done an awesome job. Mm-hmm. Like the, the remakes of a lot of the movies they've done are, are freaking amazing. Yeah. Awesome. My kids yeah. love them. I enjoy them. They're entertaining. Yeah. And, and nowadays, outside, I was going to say, you really can't watch a military movie with a military guy. Mm-hmm. But for, like I was that guy after the military. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like now, and maybe it's my wife has kind of worn me out of it because the looks I give her when I try to, like, oh, my gosh, that's so fucking lame. Like, <laughs> you don't hold a gun like that. She's like, can I just watch the fucking movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now I don't even say anymore. So now maybe I've just she's corrected me where I'm just like I'm just looking for some entertainment. You're just gonna, yeah. Well, yeah. well, he he can enjoy the movies no, that he I, says are stupid, but I, I watched like three days in a row. Just people, I was doing, I was studying for finals right now or this week, and I've been watching Heartbreak Ridge. I love that movie. I don't even mind that at the end of the movie they're just running around hip firing fucking M4s or M16s. <laughs> like that's cool, man. It's it's entertaining. Yeah, you you know? got to take it for what it's worth with yeah. entertainment. I think, and honestly, the movie's just good because as cheesy as it is, it's just a good movie, you know, um, mm-hmm. in its own right, you know. But yeah, yeah, entertainment. That's it. Entertainment, not too many lulls. I just, it may, I don't know, maybe it's military, but I just need constant action. That's those are the movies I like. I, me too. Yeah. Where you're like, fuck, the movie's over, you know? Not, yeah. Not like, oh man, when's the next action scene? Because yeah. it's been kind of slow for the last twenty minutes. Yeah. That's why I love John Wick. <laughs> I, I could watch. All three of those, over and over and over. The third one with those that knife fight scene, just it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They I, just, like, I like the. Dogs they're good at too. they're good at just not making the same thing over and over again. They're adapting it as they go along. Yeah, you know, to keep it kind of yeah. entertaining. The, the third one, however, is probably my least favorite. Is yeah, that the scene at the end where he gets thrown through the glass like seventy five oh, times. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Well, you Come could tell on. you could tell they did it for the sake of being funny. Because as I'm watching it, I'm like, "This is hilarious." I'm like, "I think this is why they were doing it." Because just <laughs> yeah. it's so repetitive and repetitive. Well, even you know? the guys who was fighting were like being kind of comical. Yeah, yeah. true. During that. Yeah. yeah. So, I want to kind of go back to some of the stuff we were talking about before we turn the mics on with you. So, what's your background like? Military background. Uh, so, I joined the military 2004. Um, it was kind of like a, a long decision to make after 9/11. Um, but eventually went in, joined the army, went in with an option 40 contract to go to battalions, the, the Ranger, 75th Ranger Regiment. Um, went through that basic AIT, airborne, RIP, and joined 2nd Ranger Battalion, got assigned to Fort Lewis, did three deployments, one Afghanistan to Iraqs with the Rangers, and then after I got out and tried the civilian life a little bit, like I was telling you guys before, it was kind of hard to make that adjustment. And just working regular jobs, ended up going back, went through the WHIPS program down in Louisiana with Triple Canopy, and did two more deployments to Iraq with Triple Canopy, two or three, maybe three more deployments with Triple Canopy um, for about a year and a half. So this was actually when Obama was president. I was on, if you look at this flag, this was signed by all my teammates. Um, on the, I was on the, the counter-assault team, CAT team, for a couple of years. And um, we were, Biden came into country, I think, two or three times while we were there. So we were on his second you know, obviously Secret Service is his first la- ring of, of defense. And then you have a second ring, which was us. And then third ring, which was military. Mm. This guy had so much freaking security when he came to country. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but so we were on his detail for, you know, the couple times he came in town. And But yeah, it was fun. And then got out. Um, this is when I was playing Call of Duty. It was in my triple canopy hooch. Okay. And filed for my FFL. Got my federal firearms license. Came home. Met with the ATF. They gave me the whole rundown of like, this is what you need to do. Started my own business. Isn't it the AFT? If correct, yes, <laughs> AFT. The oh, I haven't made a cool acronym up for it, but I'll think about it. But yeah, the <laughs> AFT came in and ran my business out of my home, turned into I feel like I've told this story so many times. Mm-hmm. We're now like I rushed through it because I'm like, if anyone's ever listened to a podcast with me on it, this story's been told. <laughs> this story's been told. <laughs> so uh did basement sales, 
my HOA kicked me out because I was selling guns at my basement, and that's super scary, right? <laughs> um, started a thousand square foot retail store in Provo, and did that for a couple of years, and then eventually moved into this spot up here. Mm-hmm. We got twenty thousand square feet, full range, everything. So it's are, been awesome. Are you from Utah? I am originally just yeah. up the road in Provo. Okay. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's one thing. Like from following your social media for as long as I have, like I was telling you, probably since you started this the thing that always stood out was your range and you see the videos of people on your range yeah. and shit and i'm like that place one of these days i want to go check that place out so it's cool cool to be here yeah i'll give you a tour after but the range yeah. has been been awesome for us as far as content creation i mean mm-hmm. to be able to walk 30 seconds from the office and go and i mean shoot a 50 cal yeah yeah that's in, cool. in your range not that that's preferred to shoot a 50 bmg inside it's hard on the years but mm-hmm. it's a good way to dust i mean you shoot the 50 cal in there and you just watch it dust come from the rafters it's <laughs> yeah, awesome I bet. I've, I've actually I've never shot a 50 cal. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think the biggest gun I've ever shot is your long gun. Oh man, Kevin's we got we'll have to get six you behind five. it. Yeah. Yeah, mine's a cool. six five, so there's nothing to it. Yeah. And then when it comes to sound or just when it's suppressed. Yeah. Did I, the first time I ever shot a 50, obviously was at um, cyber school, but I remember the first time I shot it, it was like you had to warm up to it. I used with that the Barrett, the very first shot you'd shoot every time you went out and shot it was like you got punched in the face. Yeah. That's yeah. how I felt. I was like. Fuck, and, all right. Like, I'm and up. It, and it's not so much the recoil. Like, everybody gets behind this. It, the M107, the Barrett M107A1, mm-hmm. right? So it's this, and it's the short barrel. It's a 20 inch, not the 29 inch. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone's like, oh man, it's going to hurt my shoulder. And everyone gets all scared. I'm yeah. like, the best place to be on the M107A1 is behind the mm-hmm. gun. Yeah. Is to be the guy pulling the trigger. Yeah. If you're okay. anywhere, like, if you ever see the brake on that thing, it probably weighs like 10 pounds. Um, and it has the ports that are slanted and they come back angle toward, you know, on the outside of the gun. So if you're standing and most people, when they're filming, like that's the exact angle yeah. of the rat, yeah. they're just sitting in that kill zone, filming their buddy shoot the 50 cal. Mm-hmm. And the footage is always like, you see the boom and then the, the phone like comes off target. And then, you know, I'm like, Hey, just stand behind them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm, the recoil isn't bad at all. I wouldn't say it's any worse than a 12 gauge. If I, not. No, uh, I think that's how I found out about you guys was other people recording content here. yeah and yeah i think it's been like four or five years i've been following you we've been blessed we've had a, we've had a ton of people visit us i mean anybody who's i don't know there's a lot of stuff that goes on in utah we're good friends with jim staley over at tat gas and he's doing all the call of duty shoots and stuff now so he always has people coming in for that and, yeah and typically sometimes they'll come down and we'll do shoots with them here it's cool yeah so. it's i mean nowadays social media is how you do a business but we actually we talked about this with uh mike from sons of liberty gunworks what you guys do for a living on social media now it's like looked down upon by the social media companies yeah it's tough so it's probably hard to uh promote your business when your business is guns yeah that's sucks because that's the best form of promotion nowadays it's a gallery for us right people have all these functions on social media facebook and instagram where you can promote booths you can do paid advertisements you can do all kinds of promotions you can do a freaking online store mm-hmm tag product like none of those features are available to us it's mm-hmm. like the only thing we have is it's like it's a gallery and if you come to ready gunner you know we're a gun store and if we post a picture or something then you it, it's like it's for sale mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah we took a picture of it it's in store we sell this stuff but we can't tell you we sell this stuff yeah all we like the caption is hey check out this cool new you know b and t apc 223 cool yep. cool huh yeah yeah but you wow. can't say hey it's for sale but, right but yeah there. we can't say hey for sale here's the price check out our website yeah you know like the link in our bio typically leads to our website and i'm surprised that hasn't been removed but um it's just very nonchalant type of marketing and advertising yeah. but like i said most people who follow ready gunner know we're a gun store yeah. and if we're posting yeah. a picture or something there's probably a chance that it's in stock yeah. or you could buy it from us. So, so give us a call, give us an email, send us a DM or something. So. Well, now, like, we, I think we talked about this with, with Mike also because we were talking about selling guns. Nowadays, like, podcasting still kind of the Wild West. You can say pretty much whatever the hell you want to say, and it goes out there to the people. Uh, so getting on, like, podcasts and stuff could be big for you, especially, like, I mean, you've been on, like, free range. I've heard you on there. Yeah. That's a lot of people listening to you. And then they find out what you do and hopefully come your way. Yeah. And even with the restrictions that we face, we do a lot of business, um, not through social media, but because of social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, a, I, I tell this story and, and it's not uncommon. This isn't the first time we've had this happen. We had somebody who showed up here and he was like, Hey, I follow you on social media. It was him and his family. Mm-hmm. We follow you on social media. We just wanted to come out and check the place. I'm like, awesome. What are you guys doing in town? And, and he's like, Oh, we're just on a road trip. I'm like, where are you guys from? He's like, North Carolina. 
I'm like, holy shit, that's a long drive. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. so what have you guys seen? Like, what, what's your end state? Where are you guys going? They're like, well, we just came to see you guys. I'm like, <laughs> you, cool. you rented a fucking Winnebago and drove it from North Carolina to Ready Gunner just to visit Ready Gunner. We're a gun store. Mm-hmm. Ready Gunner. Yeah, yeah, we follow you guys. You are awesome. And now I feel like I have to host this guy for the whole fucking day, you know? Because yeah. I'm like, well, shit, this guy just drove across like seven <laughs> states <laughs> yeah. to see me. Like, I need to take you to dinner or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we, we've kept in touch, like super cool guys, super cool family. And I'm sure obviously they saw a lot of other stuff on the trip. It wasn't just like ready gun or turn around yeah, and turn yeah. and burn back home. But, um, and, and, you know, we've had people who have, who've driven from pretty far away to come see us. And that's awesome. And it's one of the biggest things that I love about the business is the people, mm-hmm. you know, most of the people I should say. Yeah. Yeah. You get some weirdos that come in, you yeah. know, oh. but well, you, you talk about like weirdos when, when we're talking about getting guests for the podcast and like. I'm a fan of guns. Kevin's way bigger fan of guns than me because he knows more about them. And we talked about getting some guys in the gun industry on. But I'm sure you know, in that world, you can get some wackos on either end of the spectrum. Yeah, and I, like, and I love them all. Don't get me wrong. I love them all. We're all a little bit different, and that's okay. That's yeah, what that's yeah. what makes us human. But, um, yeah, I mean, we meet all kinds of people. It's, it's not – I shouldn't say weirdos per se, but there's just people who – who think that I just sit here all day long and I could talk for five hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I spend as much time as I can with people, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, there are some tasks I should probably accomplish during my time at work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I very, uh, respectfully tried to, you know, pass them on to yeah. somebody else, but, but yeah, I love the people. You meet some awesome, awesome people in the industry, even the local people here. Like this, this is my favorite thing really is, is meeting my local neighbors, like mm-hmm. people here who live in Utah County. Yeah. And, uh, I get to see them and talk to them. And a lot of them are, are other business owners. Um, and you know, we've done some joint ventures and things like that and little gatherings, mm-hmm. little car shows. I mean, whatever you want. We just did one with BRCC who technically is our neighbor up North, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's probably the best part. That's yeah, that's cool. Cause, and also like when it comes to like meeting all these different people, I guarantee you meet people politically that don't agree with you, but still like guns. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and I, that's actually a conversation I had with my wife because she's like she's like hey you need you you should get like different types of people on your podcast which i agree with and she's like how come lately it's like a bunch of right-wing people i'm like you think because they like guns or they own a gun store they're super right-wing they're not and she's like okay yeah you're right i'm like judging people you know and there's nothing wrong with being right-wing or left-wing but it's i the judgment of somebody because they like one thing i would have to disown half my family yeah (laughs) i don't did did, i don't know if you watched my story the other day about your mom yes yep i did watch that so my mom is a, is a, I don't want to say like a raging liberal, but she's a Democrat, you know. So every time she walks, because she comes to the store, she visits me at work. She likes to see the business. And, and I think it makes her proud that her son has his own business or, you know, he's, yeah. I don't want to say successful, let's say semi-successful. <laughs> and she walks into my office and this is what she sees. And she's always like, she calls me Nilo. Nilo, why do you need so many guns? <laughs> She's so my mom's Argentine. Okay, okay. So she was born in Argentina. She actually moved to the U.S. when she was like early twenties, going to college here to to BYU. Mm-hmm. And um, so she gives me a hard time. And like, why why do you need so many guns? That's kind of overkill. I'm like, because I because I, I can. Yeah. I mean, I'm I like guns and like there's gear junkies out there, and you know, like gear junkies who have tons of gear, just random shit that they probably will never even use. Mm-hmm. Or guys who collect tools, like, man, I got, like, the biggest tool chest in my garage, and it's full of, like, all the DeWalt stuff, and I got the Makitas, and I got everything. And it's like, dude, do you really need, like, seven hammer drills? Like, (laughs) I was like, well, no, but, you know, so it's the same thing. But this is actually, like, hey, maybe there will be, heaven forbid, a time where I might have to use all of these. Yeah. In the sense of, like... Hey, here's one for every family member, myself. And if you do, you have them. Yeah, like yeah. this is something I would never feel bad about owning. Like it's an insurance policy. That's that's my biggest um, thing I respond to people is, why do you have car insurance? You're going to go, like, do you plan on going out and like T-boning someone in the intersection? Mm-hmm. Like you don't need that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What if someone hits me? Yeah, that's you're exactly right. Like I don't plan on going around shooting covered. anybody, but what if somebody <laughs> tries to shoot me? Yeah. You know? yeah, for those of you just listening, he has a whole wall of. I would uh, a lot. Of I would say this is guns. an exceptional wall of death. Yes, 
Yeah, and actually, you know that scene in Ace Ventura. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> this is a lovely room of death. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. but no, like I was gonna remake that. Just come in, like just co- the copy and paste that into like I walk into my office or someone walks into my office and it just pans over to Ace Ventura. It's like, <laughs> okay, now bye bye now. <laughs> yeah, but actually, even people watching, we don't have the camera pointed at the wall, but it's impressive. Yeah. Well, the people watching have Instagram. That's or listening. If you have Instagram, go to our fucking Instagram. Yeah. And if we'll, you have there a phone, will be a picture eventually. Yeah. If you have a phone, oh wait, it's on YouTube. Never mind. Whatever. Yeah. But no. Anyways. Yeah. So like, and obviously with guns, politics going to come into play. It just does. Which people? Well, because people's egos, they want to make a point. Yeah. And I like, have to make a standpoint because if I don't, then who am I? I don't know where I'm at. I'm lost in the world. I don't have an ego, so I have to tie myself to something to take a stance. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Because if you lack character development then you don't know who you are and you have to attach yourself to something. Yeah. You know, schools these days aren't about character development. It's about social development. You know, when you're in first grade, hey, there's global warming. Like, let's worry about that later. You make better people and those people make better decisions later on down the road. Or you can make shitty people and they can just start being activists. And that's kind of what we're seeing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. That's what we're seeing. Make, worry about the individual and the individual as a collective, you make good individuals as a collective, they make better decisions. Yeah. We're not worried about the individual in society right now. We're worried about the collective from the get go. And that's why we can't think for ourselves, you know? Um, well, it's true. I mean, a lot of the stuff the the way people vote and, and what they believe is based off of the knowledge of somebody else. It's regurgitated information. Yeah. It's not, it's not factual knowledge or firsthand knowledge of, Hey, this is why I don't like guns. I mean, think of all the people, and, and this is me personally. I've had conversations with people. You know, I, I visited Australia a few years back and had a conversation because they're kind of anti-gun down there. Mm-hmm. And same thing, I told my own gun store, and then we got into this, not a debate, but a discussion. You know, it was a nice discussion. He was a cool dude about guns, and, and we just kind of put, put in our two cents. But a lot of the stuff he said was, was super non-factual. I'm like, you're, I'm like, a lot of the stuff you're repeating, I'm like, and, and I don't mean to be offensive here, but a lot of the stuff you're repeating is the same stuff I hear on the news or from people or data or statistics that are non-factual information, stuff that's been regurgitated that I'm sure you've heard from someone, mm-hmm. but it's not true. Like, what you just said to me isn't true. Because if it was true, then it might be an issue or then there could be some kind of debate, but that is not true by any means. And there's a ton of that going out where politicians just say all kinds of stuff. And we've all seen it. I mean, we all kind of make fun of it and repost it on our Instagram pages because it's hilarious. But that's the shit people are listening to. And somebody who doesn't know any better, doesn't have an experience with guns, that's what they believe it. They're like, because that makes sense. Right? I mean, AR-15s kill 10,000 people every single day, right? No. No, like if you pull those data, that that number, and I, I posted these stats on my Instagram page a while back. Like AR-15s, the amount of people that are killed by AR-15s every day is like so tiny. I can't remember the number is, but literally like more people probably die like tying their shoelaces every morning oh, somehow. For sure. Like it's this super small fraction of a number. And and the overall, obviously, the number one cause of death by guns is self-inflicted harm yeah. and suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they count that in gun deaths. Yeah, and it's counted in yeah. gun deaths. And if they didn't have a gun, then... It's like, oh, that person would not be dead. They would just be like, well, I guess I can't get myself today. I'm just going to go to the local high hop and have a meal instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, like, no, they're, they're going to go get in a car or they're going to make a bomb or, you know, there's yeah. a thousand ways to kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. They'd have been blasting eight balls, dude. Yeah. Just yeah. Or, or, or overdose, which is probably the number one form of suicide, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm saying that's what people, a lot of people do overdose. They do the eight balls. The, the cocaine and heroin take the edge off, then oh, I got to come back up some cocaine again, take the hair, you know, heroin the edge off, and then mm-hmm. they're just, you know, they're just fucking dead. Well, like, quick, I know? think, like, I, I grew up around guns and hunting and stuff, so I've always been comfortable around them. And I, I try to give people benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah. if they grew up in LA, they probably haven't been around them that much. So I could see, like, being scared of what you don't know, but educate yourself on something, you know? And that's a last year with the new influx of gun owners. We've seen so many first time gun owners come to ready gunner last year, still to this day, this year in 2021 and people come in, they're kind of timid. They don't know what to ask. They don't want to feel stupid. Yeah. So we try to treat everybody with like, you know, respect and be like, Hey, we, we know you're new. We're not here to treat you like an idiot. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about guns. Let's take you into the range, have you shoot some. And obviously we're not going to hand them some like fucking 50 AE desert Eagle and yeah. be like, you should try this one out. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, you, you, you get them to feel a bunch and they're like, Oh, this one's comfortable. This one's comfortable. I'm like, cool. We have all those on the rental. Let's go mm-hmm. take you in and shoot them. And then, and people actually, it's funny when you first, 
see them shoot the first couple of rounds, you're kind of like, oh, oh, like kind of timid and scared. Mm-hmm. And then as they get closer to the end of that magazine, they're like getting into it, yeah, you know, loosening yeah. up. And you can just kind of see their demeanor change. It's freaking awesome. And then by the, the time they're done, they're like, man, that's a sweet gun. I want that one. And yeah. they've got the smile on their face and the edges off and they're not. Well, I tim- think that's what needs to happen is like you treat them like, okay, you're new at this. I'm not going to be an asshole to you. Because I, the thing I worry about with the gun ownership going up is how many people are buying them. They don't know what they're doing with them. That, that, is, that is a concern, right? And that's why training, we push training like crazy. And, and I'm a business owner. We own a gun store. We, own, we do training here too. Mm-hmm. So when, when I'm like talking to people about you need to get training, I feel like people are like, this guy's just trying to sell me because he sells training courses, you know, which yeah. isn't the case. I just don't want someone new out on the street representing my industry and then giving more ammo to the leftist politicians yeah, to yep. be like they, they make you know this guy this guy just bought a gun utah just passed the new concealed carry like permitless mm-hmm. law where you don't have to have a concealed carry permit so now you can just go buy a gun and carry it on the street yeah and this guy sees somebody and he you know does something yeah. dumb yeah and it's like well that just made us look dumb yeah it, it puts or a mark or it. even worse than that like he gets killed or kills someone that's not supposed to yeah you know Actually, last night in our neighborhood, apparently, somebody's back window got shot out, which is crazy because we live in like pretty high scale, upscale neighborhood. And there's like this canal behind my house and like a walking path and all that. And some lady on my side last night, I heard it. It was pop, pop, pop. It was at like 1130 last night. Like, what the hell was that? And my wife, she was up, up in our bonus room watching TV. I was laying in bed. She and she texted me. She's like, did you hear that? I was like, I sure did. She's like, that sounded like gunshots. I'm like. Kind of did. Yeah, I'm confused about maybe the angle or the type of glass. I, this is my nerd coming out in me because um, of the physics thing. But yeah, what, what are you going to school for again? No, astrophysics. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little nerdy. <laughs> we and we ta- actually talked about that. Uh, yeah, with, um, was it Mike? Yeah. I don't know. I, but anyway, just about like being able to time. just actually run those equations, like oh, based on this muzzle velocity, this barrel length, you know, what's my time of flight going to be? Like, cool. I love that I can actually write this shit up mm-hmm. versus just having to get the numbers, you know. Um, but was the radius? So the diameter was like ten inches, like a five inch radius on this hole in the glass. I'm like, I haven't seen a whole lot of bullets make a five inch radius. That's shot the first thing. Glass. I, it looked like a rock went through a window. But then again, it's not the front windshield of a car, though. Yeah. This is just a. It's a picture window. It's a picture window. Yeah, because we have we have this. There's a Facebook group for our neighborhood that everybody's on. Mostly, it's just people bitching about stupid things. But after that happened last night, my first thought was like, "Oh, if that was a gunshot, we'll hear sirens eventually." And our neighborhood's kind of out away from everybody. It's it's surrounded by farms. And then with that walking path I was talking about, I just see spotlights coming down the walking path. And it was a cop driving down the walking path. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, something, yeah. something is I happening. guess what I'm curious about is what makes that, that diameter of Yeah, so hole. that's what I was going to get to. She posted a picture yeah. about 15 minutes later saying, if anybody heard anything, please let me know. And the, I mean, the hole is, I mean, it look, looks like a baseball went through the window. But those three pops sounded like a gunshot. So I don't know if it was. Well, what's on the ends? Because obviously if a bullet or something, there should be some that's kind exactly of point of impact we just somewhere had else. We like, had that what else is in there? We were yeah. talking about that on the way here. Because that bullet would have lodged somewhere in her kitchen. That's where it was, in her kitchen. So this happened to my brother-in-law. He had the neighbor next door was cleaning. It was a high-caliber rifle. I can't remember the round, but it was like a 7mm or something pretty Ooh. significant. And uh, shot. he was cleaning his basement. You know, obviously didn't unload it, didn't check, which is the first thing you do. Mm. Anyway, pulled the trigger, shot it, went out his basement window through my brother-in-law's. Um, he had a glass sliding door. So mm-hmm. a sliding door. And the bullet ended up lodged in his door frame in his pantry. Oh. So, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so obviously you can see it busted the window, the entry, and maybe it, you know, it just took out more glass because mm-hmm. it's like single pane, non tempered, yeah, or right. something like that. Well, there might be more to the but story. But then it's since. like that bullet should be somewhere in the house, at least yeah. not another hole somewhere if it's a bullet. Yeah, and that was at like midnight last night when I saw her post. And that's they, a good point. They must have figured something out by now. Because the more imagine. dense the glass, the smaller diameter hole you're going to yeah. have. Yeah. It's, these are big picture windows. It's, this yeah. just reminded me you talking about misfiring a gun like that. This so we were probably like 23 years old, and we I used to work on a ranch. And we lived in this little ranch house, and we're all sitting around bullshitting. There was always a lot of guns in the house. My now brother-in-law, which did he, he, des- did he desk pop? Oh, he desk popped, dude. <laughs> So we're all sitting in the <laughs> living room. We're this. all sitting in the living room bullshit. And somebody, I think somebody got a new shotgun or something. There was a reason. And he was looking at it. And he's sitting in this little recliner. 
our other friend who was my boss on the ranch is literally standing right next to him standing so his head's up here and he's sitting there with a shotgun just butt on the floor pulls the trigger and it boom blows a hole through our ceiling right past my friend's mm-hmm. head my friend grabbed his head and fell to the floor and we're like oh my god it just killed him it didn't it was just the blast yeah scared him back and what's scary about that is that my brother-in-law he's pretty like well versed with guns like he knows better it's and, complacency i mean oh, anybody you yep. get complacent doesn't matter how much how much time oh, he, you have he on felt a gun. like an idiot it's, yeah he yeah. felt so and we all obviously gave him a lot of shit for years on that but that was that was loud really that's loud. what i'm saying it's not like you have to get some training you have yes. like you especially as a first-time gun owner owner mm-hmm. you need to go through a class learn how to clean that that is like super super not not uncommon like super common for Sadly. people to be cleaning a gun yeah and they didn't remove the magazine i've even seen people where they like i mean we would see this in the chow hall and i hate to say it, these are military guys you mm-hmm. probably saw this so in the chow hall overseas you got to go and you have your gun you got to unload your magazine and then you clear your gun and then you got to pull the trigger in the in the little what was it called the fire barrel or the yeah the clearing barrels the clearing barrel yeah. so you have a clearing barrel you point your put your barrel in it you pull the trigger to obviously get that you know physical clear mm-hmm. And then you put the magazine in your pocket, that extra round in your magazine, put your magazine in your pocket, and you go have chow, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you come back out, you fucking load it back up again. I can't remember how many times overseas I would be waiting in this line, and you'd just be in this line, and you hear, <laughs> BOW! <laughs> like somebody who didn't take out the source of ammunition, didn't take yeah. the magazine out of their M4 or their M16, whatever they had, and they wreck the charging handle, and that round pops out, they think it's clear, another one just went right back in, uh. put the gun in the firing barrel, and they shoot one. I saw... S- I'm not even going to say the gender. I saw a person <laughs> literally do this three fucking times at the chow hall. They they racked the gun back, took it off safe, pulled the trigger, boom, in the barrel. Oh, shit. I guess it wasn't clear. Let me rack it again. Boom, in the barrel. Let me rack it again. Boom. And like three fucking times before the guy behind her. Oh, now I just gave it up. I gave it up. The guy behind her was like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take your magazine out. Rack it. But it, 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 yeah. It's but it's, just, but the complacency, like you said, because it's still really common for someone to. I didn't uh, want to say the gender, not right. up because it, it's not, it's not. Uh, guys do it too. Yeah, guys do it too. Yeah. It's yeah. not exclusive to women. It's Stu- guys, stupidity, girls, everybody just happen to be a girl yeah. this time. Yeah, but we're going to say for percentage wise, there's more women in non combat arms, clearly. But we can say. You That's know, a whole other topic, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people, they clear it. Cool. Drop the mag. Versus dropping the mag and clearing it. That's that the number too. one yep. right there. They just clear mm-hmm. it and drop the mag. It's because they're, they're caught talking. Like, oh, man, I can't wait to get these fucking cheese sticks. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Eat some chicken breast and go work out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know. Like, you know. So those like, mozzarella sticks they had overseas. Those, those were pretty good. I had some in Iraq when we went through Balad. Oh, man. Like, I was kind of envious because my deployments were the kind of deployments where you're literally, we had the, uh, the ODA cook and some other cook, and it was just these prepackaged bullshits. We live like in a pot field in Afghanistan. Like, so it's like, you know, you go to like blood or you go to calf on Afghanistan and you have like old blood in uniform and it's the best uniform you've got. And you just get checked by these fucking E sevens walking around. Like, fuck you. Like it's, <laughs> we'd go in there and I was like, I always tell Jake, like I kind of understand where these kids in Chicago and New York come from sometimes. Cause you go to a big uh, base after, after, you know, if, if it's like, we get pick up weapons, you know, resupply. And it doesn't rate, there is no ring structure. It's, it's us and there's you get the fuck out of the way. You know what I mean? You see people smiling and you're like, I want to kill you. Why are you so happy? Yeah. And you're like, you see the guys hanging out with girls and you're like, I could fuck you up and take her if I wanted to. Like, you're just like very like tribal. It's really weird. Back know? in 2007, 2008, I was in, uh, um, Ramadi, Al-Assad, okay. Bakuba, all these places. And, um, that w- so that was actually the end of my deployment with Rangers. And then when I was over at the, the neck we went i can't remember we went and visited some fob just over by baghdad somewhere and they had like the little connex boxes like the starbucks and the burger kings and and like these you know big food chain restaurants that came in and they're setting up who knows if it was even the same it just had like the starbucks logo (laughs) but i remember i was standing in line for my sexy latte that day because it was a rough day on the cat team and we were standing in line we were in our civvies because we were contracting but we had like 15 soldiers you know when they're fucking BDUs in front of us or ACUs at the time and I remember the lady opens up the little door from the little Starbucks Connex and she's like hey we just ran out of caramel 
and and the person in front of me is like fuck i can't believe they can't fucking keep the car I'm like this is fucking bullshit like she was pissed <laughs> yeah. my buddy leans over to me he's like war is hell <laughs> dude oh like green you're beans. pissed off because you're in baghdad and you can't get your caramel latte yeah <laughs> green bean that's what it was though so this was an actual star oh, yeah Starbucks? they, oh, they okay. had a ton of green bean um i fucking love green beans yeah that was <laughs> afghanistan was full of the green beans yeah i would yeah. go get like the quad mocha frappe with two scoops of protein <laughs> that was yeah. so good war as hell <laughs> yeah. war is- that's funny um oh so anyway i'm sure you obviously like i, I love seeing like guys like mike glover like tim kennedy are doing these these shooting courses they're really in depth um and they're run by professionals. It's not some jackass. You know what I mean? I love these. I wish more people would do them. And I wonder if in the future, and if you're support, in support of it or not, because I think we should you know, obviously have the right to do what we want to do as long as we can be intelligent, if we're going to see that be mandatory. Like, okay, if you want to – it's like getting a driver's license. Like, if you want to own an AR or a shotgun or something, you need to go to the, one of these courses first. And I wonder if that's going to be – I'm curious if somebody, that'll be something that's mandatory at some point. You know what I mean? Well, so I had this discussion with um, some of the local guys up here. I got a buddy who, who works up at Ballistic Magazine. And and we were talking when Utah passed this, hey, you don't need a permit to carry anymore. Because Utah, you always had to have the permit. And the per- to get this permit in Utah, keep in mind, it's four hours in a class. Mm. You don't have to shoot. You don't have to show proficiency. You have to sit in the class – and listen to someone talk on a PowerPoint for four hours and that's it. And they're like, here's your fucking permit. Now you can go carry. But at least now you know it's like, hey, you can't carry here. You can't carry this. Like these are the yeah. things you should and shouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And every time you sit in that class, because I would kind of sit in and audit to the instructors and listen to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You'd always have at the end of it or even, even like people raise your hands in between things. Ask questions like, hey, <clears throat> if, if I catch somebody breaking in my garage and they're stealing my bike can I shoot them? And, and it's like, um, I mean, the instructor, obviously he does a good job. He's like, is your, like, is your life in danger? Like, is he pointing a gun at you when you walk into him on the garage? Like he asks questions. He's like, no, he's like writing God. I'm just going to shoot him in the back. Uh. Like, <laughs> then no, no, the answer is no. But like people answer or ask questions like that. We're like, like, nobody's getting that training. Like, those questions aren't being answered anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want this to come off as like, hey, I don't think we should have done that. Like, obviously, I think everybody should have the ability to carry. And there's obviously a lot of pros to someone being able to say, hey, I got a gun. I got to carry. Because maybe there's something going on in their lives where, like, they need to start carrying immediately. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But at that point, it's like, get your gun and, and, and have it with you for whatever reason that that may be. But at some point when you can, let's get you into some training so you know what you're doing, you know mm-hmm. what you can and can't do, the laws of Utah. And obviously just the fact of like, hey, making you proficient with that gun and, and not making a liability out of you, but more so an asset yeah, yeah. In, in the world of having armed civilians out there, which I think is a great thing. I think the more armed civilians we have on the streets, the better we're going to be, the less crime and these stupid yeah. shootings you're going to see. But we need those people to be like we need our army of of trained, proficient, two way people roaming the streets. More yeah. more good people with guns versus bad people with guns. Yeah, and exactly. more well trained people. You don't have to look like a redneck to be proficient with a gun. Yeah, you know you can be a soccer mom wearing your Converse and fucking roll around and surprising people. You yeah. know, and that's why it's about being a jack of all trades versus again, oh now that I'm good with weapons, I better have that ego. No. To be a jack of all trades, yeah. it's cool. Hide it. Don't let them know. Yeah. Just like don't open carry in a fucking Seven Eleven because if I walk up behind you, I'm going to take it from you and kill you with it. Yeah. Or you're going to be the first person that gets shot up. Someone's because like, they exactly. say, like, "Oh, that guy's got a gun. Let's take him out." For yeah. Like you, you were talking about <laughs> yeah. people saying, "You know, when can I shoot somebody?" I think like uneducated people were super common. I remember as a kid hearing, "Oh, in Idaho, if they're on your property, it doesn't matter. You can shoot them." A sheriff told me this, and it's like. Is that the real? Is that really the law? Because I don't know. I still don't know. It's not. I mean, if he's you on know. your lawn and he has like a law rocket aiming at your house, yeah. then maybe. Yeah. If you're if home, you're but. in danger. Yeah. But yeah, I remember hearing that as a kid. Like it was probably like my mom or something. So <laughs> like, oh yeah, a cop told me that if even if you shoot him off your property, drag him back on the property. Like, yeah. Come on. I mean, it, like this old is, wives this, is, this is an unpopular yeah. conversation to have, and as a gun store owner, you know, obviously we're <laughs> we're very pro two A. Yeah. And um, I mean. That's what we do, mm-hmm. right? We're about as pro to as it gets. But 
there are certain things that, again, to protect ourselves, mm-hmm. short of a fucking civil war, and everyone's like, oh, we just need to fucking overthrow the government. Okay, so short of that. <laughs> Good luck. Like, let's, let's have some kind of foundation of responsible fucking gun owners, mm-hmm. and that's, your, that's the biggest tool in our toolbox yeah. is like no like we're responsible we're not out just you know being a liability to our own mm-hmm. cause and and giving ammunition to the to the the liberal cause to use against us like we need to have the training the education mm-hmm. to essentially say hey fuck you guys if we want to carry we're going to carry we're we're responsible gun owners mm-hmm. and we know what the fuck we're doing not like Hey, look! You guys are just going around shooting yourselves in the foot, yeah. causing more harm, shooting innocent people. Like, well, I think that's another good place. Social media comes into play with guys like yourself, who you have a following on on social media, and you're proficient in firearms. People see that, and they want they want to be that too. They want to be good with their tools, and I think like having guys like you and all the black rifle guys and all these guys who are all good with guns. They've carried them for a living things like that and then like the everyday person who is a gun owner or not sees that i think it's kind of like motivating them to like want to have the proper training yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah there's a ton of people running courses like like you said tim kennedy mike glover mike glover runs a fucking awesome course and he's just 30 minutes up the road here Mm -hmm. um there's so many good courses you can take so i mean hundreds Mm -hmm. of, of awesome awesome instructors yeah that you could take a course from that. I mean, those courses should all be booked out for the next four, you know, five yeah. years. Yeah. We have a buddy in Boise that runs a training center. Uh, Andrew. Oh, Andrew. It's yeah. like, why yeah. would, uh, why wouldn't you want, like, not only is it like, are you going to have a fucking awesome time? Like you're going to have a good time mm-hmm. and you're, com- you're going to come out with a, a better sense of confidence with your gun. Mm-hmm. Obviously something that if you ever need that, you're going to be way more proficient in that task mm-hmm. than not. Well, and like like I was saying, me being like I'm the everyday guy, I did grow up around like hunting rifles and stuff like that. But Kevin's been my go-to guy for like proper handling of firearms. Like when we go shooting, I'm like, dude, teach me everything you can. I know. I usually it usually starts out with like, make sure it's not loaded. So look down the front of the barrel. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that's this. what you want to yeah. do naturally. Yeah, no, yeah. like I grew up going but, like shooting ranges and stuff, but like the proper way, like a, handling a pistol. I never, I didn't grow up shooting pistols. It was always rifles. Yeah. So like I've learned a lot from you on on pistols yeah. and stuff. But that's yeah, like, the, yeah. And training shouldn't really ever end. Like no, it's I not agree. like hey, I went to a training course, mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. I get so tier, Jared um, from Tier One Concealment. You guys, this is the guy. He can shoot a drop of water out of the air. <laughs> like not not exaggerating. Like this guy will will set up like a little like tea bag or something. Like get a wet, hang it from a piece of wood, and it'll just kind of sit there and drip. And he can shoot those drops of water out of the air. That's cool. Or, like, I've seen him throw up, like, a quarter in the air. He can shoot it out of the air. I mean, this guy is probably one of the best shooters in the world with a handgun. This guy, he goes around, he travels, and he goes from course to course to course. He's doing a course almost every single weekend. And and I talk to him. I'm like, so, hey, when you go to these courses, like, are you like, oh, man, this is just a bunch of the same shit I already know? He's like, honestly, he's like, I probably learned something new in every class. Hmm. He's like, a lot of it is pretty redundant. And those redundancies are the things that everyone needs to know. Yeah. And then there's little things that an instructor might show you. We're like, holy shit, I didn't know that. You yeah. know, that's that's actually some useful information. Mm-hmm. So it's something, it's a perishable skill. Like if you go to a course and you shoot um, and, and you don't shoot for a while, that skill is going to diminish. Yep. So it's something you either got to practice on your own or keep keep up your education with courses. And mm-hmm. but Yeah, everything's a stepping stone, man. You s- <clears throat> Again, go back to ego. Let it go and continue to be a student. You know, yeah. you can only get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to where things are habits. Just the habits of, you know, shooting every weapon like it's loaded, right? Yeah. Just how am I going to handle this? Where am I going to point it? How am I going to clear this? How am I going to do a function check? It should be just be natural at some point. Yeah. You know, if you do it enough, and that's yeah. just the bare bones right there. And not everybody grows up around them. Like I was saying, like, there is ways for them to get educated because there's a lot of people, like you said, out there educating people on it yeah like my son my oldest son because my kids haven't grown up with guns i haven't hunted since they've been around so and other than me like going they know i go out and shoot sometimes but they haven't gone yet and my 13 year old just the other day was asking me he's like hey when i get a little older you think i was like how about this summer like you want to go out and like i'm sure kevin would go with us we can go out and get and he was so excited the look on his face like a re- i can shoot a real i'm like yes dude yeah because i don't want my kids either to think they're taboo 
because I think that's where people run into problems too. Is yeah. it's, it's like alcohol. You have alcohol in the house. You're not allowed to touch it. What's the first thing you want to do? It's drink that alcohol. And I think guns are similar. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the media has created such a fear about guns. We got to take that away. Yeah. Where it's like, it's not, it doesn't have to be a scary thing. No, no. They're not can, a scary thing if you know what you're doing. It can be a know? fun thing. It can be a life-saving thing. It can be a exactly. lot of things. There's a, there's a dichotomy between some people fearing picking a gun up minus fearing leaving it at the chow hall. <laughs> like, yeah. Where the fuck is my rifle? Like, you know, where people like, like that guy who made a video a few years ago, was like, I have PTSD. He's after he fired an AR. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. you shouldn't be terrified to pick it up. You should be terrified of hurting the wrong person with it. You know, be safe. No, be trained, you know. Yeah fundamentals yeah man well i think actually we're almost at an hour if you i know you had some other stuff to do so i don't want to hold you here too yeah. long i just sit here all day man <laughs> <laughs> but, no i got the yeah, the guy from cz coming in yeah so we, we can oh, wrap cool. it up so where can people find you all your social media all that yeah so stuff? personal social media is just like we talked about at neil n-e-a-l that's it uh, ready gunner is ready gunner at ready gunner um and those are kind of our well, Ready Gunners is our main page, obviously. If you want gun stuff, that's a page to follow. If you want to follow my boring ass life, it's just Neil. <laughs> See you and your but, 80 kids? Yeah, me and my... <laughs> I just bought a new van. So when you have six kids, there's like three cars you can choose from. It's like, do you yeah. want the Sprinter van, the Ford Transit, or like a fucking short bus? Like, <laughs> <laughs> short I'll bus. take the Transit. Yeah, you got, you got your hands full, man. Yeah. There's a lot, a, lot yeah. a lot of kids. But yeah, so cool. Well, we appreciate you letting us coming to your office and yeah i'm glad you guys made the trip i hope it was again i feel like you guys drove so far i need to take you to dinner or something or like <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Dude, we're we're i was just excited like i said i've seen this place on social media for so many years yeah i'm like even just pulling up outside i'm like fuck yeah like yeah. it was cool to see it in person i'll give you the tour awesome i appreciate it well appreciate you, you guys else? having me on anything yeah. else from you kevin you good no. love you bye <laughs> all right see ya.